Hey, no arguments, please. Tonight we are going to hit the town, we're going to burn up that dance floor, and you, sir, you are going to collect vertically. I'm going to what? You're going to pick up. Oh, my goodness. Please don't make that a thing. Guys, I was born to sell, and this... This is not very hard to market. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We are an award-winning podcast and we overanalyze a soap opera. Every week, the Australian classic Neighbours. We are in Melbourne, in the PirateNet studios, this time in the, the neighbouring penthouse to Paul's penthouse, the one next door that the Tanakas lived in for a bit. I am Vaya, and I have Kate here today. Hey. Kate is a nightly Neighbours tweeter. I've got CJ, the hot mess mum. Hello. And Beck, the proprietor of this twin penthouse. <laughs> It's a dream I've always had. Rebecca Dahl, oh. you are now... Rebecca Dahl, Rebecca Law. Yes, oh. Ashley, there's a good idea. Bex our legal eagle, but also you are a member of two award-nominated podcasts I now. I am, actually. I'm doing well this uh, this month. So one is The Bench, which is during the summer. That's summer sports show, yeah. We're nominated for a Community Broadcasting Association of Australia Best Sports Programme. Yes, and Chicks Talking Footy is up mm, as well. We're nominated for the Globe Community Award Media Excellence Award. I don't know. I just get a microphone and talk about sport and people want to give us awards. It's quite nice. It's a good setup you got there. Mm. And I am a TV writer who cannot suspend disbelief. And we are going to talk about oh, – we're going to do a deep dive into last Tuesday slash Wednesday's episodes. They were some good times. First, a bit of Neighbours Council business – the business again. Firstly, I was a host of a podcast called On the Terrace, which was recapping episodes of the sci fi comedy Night Terrace that stars Jackie Woodburn as a Doctor Who style time traveller called Anastasia Black. And it's back for series two on the BBC, and so On the Terrace is back too. All the info on all of that is at nightterrace.com on where you can listen to the new episodes, where you can buy the old episodes. And On the Terrace, which is free, is on there as well. Have a listen to that. And soon we're going to try and organise an interview with Jackie. So get caught up so you can ask questions of Jackie. And we can put them to her. Patreon, patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Guess how many patrons we've got? 68. 68. <gasps> so, we, so, so we need close. one for the magical number yeah. of 69. So next person close. in, you're in. Yeah. Next person, you're going to get a little doodle drawn by <laughs> My, par- my partner. Mm. Who are our new patrons? I like a big doodle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, a little one? You can specify your doodle size. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And don't overestimate it. Like, just be true to form. Be honest about the doodle that you want and the doodle that you have. Oh, bigger isn't always better. No. 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 Thank you to new patrons, Simon and Will and Alex. Much appreciated. Great to have you aboard. Thanks for getting us up to the magic number. Thank you so much. Mm. It's really generous. And new members to the Neighbours Council on Facebook. I let CJ allow most people in this week. Yep, I even went back and did it again. Elizabeth joined. She listens to the podcast to cheer myself up in the mornings and on the commute. And Courtney says, I listen to the podcast with my mum. We love Neighbours and love the podcast. We're from the UK. I hope we don't get too awkward when you're listening with your mum. 
I know my mum's listened a couple of times. Lucky she's heard it all before. <laughs> it just opens up some new avenues of discussion mm. with the family. And we had a review during the week. Oh, awesome. Kate's going to read it. I don't know anyone in real life who watches Neighbours, so this weekly podcast that chats through the latest insane instalments of the show is perfect. I nod along frequently. More than that, Vaya, Kate and CJ are hilarious and have excellent guest stars from former slash current Neighbours stars to comedians, doctors, lawyers, etc. (laughs) Highly recommend this podcast. Five stars. Thank you. Much appreciated. Review us on Apple Podcasts or just take a mate's Apple account and ask if you can review us from theirs. It doesn't matter where in the world you are, FYI. And in the council this week, I had a lovely compliment about my speaking voice, which was really nice to wake up to because I listened back and I think, God, I sound like a shrill harpy most of the time. (laughs) I actually got worried because I glance at things quickly as I'm scrolling, going about my day. And I saw just out of the corner of my eye, Kate's something, something voice. And I thought, (laughs) this better not be an insult. I was ready to delete. And then it was so nice. It was like, Kate's got a really soothing voice. I'm like, oh. Maybe it could be like one of those, what are they? ASMR things on YouTube. make a bit more kind of rustling. Yes. Like that. I think you should do that. Can you fix my television? When I worked at the cable network, we used to get um, gentlemen call up late at night and just ask, People to read the descriptions of what was on the adults only network. Mm. Maybe you could do that. Oh, if there's a bit of coin in it. Oh, I'd yeah, give it a go. Why not? It was, it um, was, it was a good $22 an hour. I did promise to um, do my GPS impersonation, which my daughter regularly asks for in the car. So, in 300 metres, turn left onto State Route 40. That is outstandingly accurate. It's actually spot on. That's actually a bit scary. Do you guys recognise what State Route 40 is? Is that the Hume Highway? No, it's Bell Street. Deep dive time. Tuesday, the 27th of August, 2019. Going to kick it off with Chelly. Hashtag Chelly. Chloe and Ellie. The highs and the lows of their relationship. It, what a whirlwind it's been. It's, it, they are no longer. Just when they hit their stride and they go on bachelor style first dates... Ellie got a single date with Chloe, (laughs) but then she didn't get a rose by the end of the week. No. It was kind of like Bachelor in Paradise where she was trying on being lesbian and then just decided, no, it's it's not for me, I don't think. I reckon Ellie was down. But she was pretty reluctant to get there. Like, girlfriend? And when David Tanaka pulled her aside and said, look, it's a big deal, your first date with, you know, same-sex partner, how are you processing it? And Ellie just looked so vague, like it hadn't even occurred to her. Remember when David was like still in the closet and now he's like giving people advice? It's beautiful. It's a a big turnaround. I have to say, this was one of my favourite weeks of Neighbours in ages. Like there was just so many highs, but this was an extreme low for me because I just... You know when they got together before the wedding when it was all like underground and it was very – I thought that was hot. Like, forbidden, forbidden fruit. Yeah, I thought they were really hot. I was like, this they're doing this well, like Neighbours and the Actors, because I thought, oh, please don't let this be like a pretend lesbian. You know, I thought it was really hot and really believable. And they were having the emotional connections. Yes. Whereas this time it was like they were like, okay, like if you – okay. Like – I just wasn't buying the chemistry Mm. and I wasn't even really buying the breakup, how sad they were. It was disproportionate to the Mm. intensity of this particular portion of the relationship. So Chloe has this epiphany after talking to her brother slash her lover's ex-husband and the epiphany is, oh, well, she's just not that into me, I guess, and she's having a baby and she has to have priorities. 
and I'm not one of them. Also, like her pelvis is probably creaking and she doesn't want to go on dates. <laughs> and there's that. Babies, careers, Huntington's. Chloe, we said we were going to take things slowly. Our friendship is so important to me, so we need to end this. A few hours ago, you were fine. Like, we were fine. I knew a couple in real life who got together while this was a lady and a man couple, but while the lady was pregnant to someone else and they got together while she was pregnant and they're together. I reckon they've probably been together for 15 years and it worked out perfectly. They've had two other kids. And so I know in real life it can work. And as CJ was saying in our previous podcast, just because someone is pregnant doesn't mean they have to be desexualized. Mm. And it's a shame that Chloe just pieced out of the whole thing before even trying to make it work. Yeah, and I think a lot of the the dates, and this um, lends to Beck's opinion that it wasn't it wasn't sexy anymore. I think even if you were friends with someone before you date them, maybe don't take them to prenatal yoga and talk about your <laughs> bowel movements. Yeah, it's it's passion maybe, killer. Maybe that's too soon. I didn't even really want to take my husband to the doctor and we'd been together for a long time. It wasn't our second date no. when we talked about that. Also, after the breakup, they tried to be friends and they went out for coffee. Ali spends a lot of time at the pub for a pregnant woman, I've got to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, more power to her. They try to go on a friend date. The fact that they're not addressing that they need a bit of time away from their friendship or whatever just makes it really obvious to me that their actual relationship wasn't given enough room and wasn't given enough credit as a relationship. It essentially lived and died within the space of 18 hours this week. Yeah. And then I felt like late, this is probably more later in the week, but when they were trying to be friends, the intensity of that attempted friendship was far more intense than any friendship Mm. I'd ever seen them have Mm. before. You know when Ellie was texting her to go to the, what was it, 19th? 25 or the, something? Uh, some band called the 1975, which yeah. is a real band apparently. Which I was getting confused with 1927, 27. the band <laughs> who, this is a deep cut, but Rob Millsy Mills sung If by 1927 the week he got eliminated from Australian Idol. If I could do anything. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's where my mind went. But like Ellie, I was like, Ellie, she doesn't need to write back in five minutes. Cool your jets. I did enjoy this week, though, the texting dynamic that we had. It felt very true to life, especially even though it was bizarre with Chloe and Ellie. We've all been there. We're like, why isn't that person texting me back? Oh, they've been in a movie for three hours. But in that three hours, you're like, oh, it's over. That's it. It's over. It's over. It's all gone. But then there's this perfectly rational explanation. Ellie is still the saddest bitch in Aaron's bar. (laughs) The saddest bitch in Aaron's bar. Just wants to love and be loved in return. Of course she's texting a zillion times. She can't resist. She has no other way to act. You know what I thought actually really made her the saddest bitch in Erisbury this week was after they broke up and she had that little summit in the kitchen with Susan and Carl and B and Millsy and Carl's like chopping carrots and she's talking to them about her feelings and I was like, oh, this is just embarrassing for everyone involved. She's an adult. You've got to yeah. remember that. She's an adult. She's not like a 14-year-old working through her feelings. But she's one of those classic girls that just never got dumped and doesn't know how to deal with it. It's like, mm. hang on, I'm not in – what? Excuse me? Like, <laughs> no one dumps Eleanor Conway. But I was—I felt we were a little ripped off, and I know the Chelly fans are extremely ripped off. That there wasn't even a hot makeout session or a one more night of passion together. The dream was the hottest thing they did. Yes. 
Like you think if you're going to give it one more go, yeah, you go, all right, let's fall into bed together. Oh, okay, now it's not working. Maybe they couldn't do it because Ellie can't drink. So you know it. why. That's she's, when Ellie hooks up with people she's when she's had totally a few drinks. drinking through that pregnancy. Yeah, she's, she's one of those pregnant mums who are like, the doctors say it's all right to have a drink a day. Yeah, she'll be on the website, like how they say how many cups of coffee you're allowed to have. She'll be like, all right, how many wines can I get through? Yeah, with? What, 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 what is the most amount that is like, yeah, this, you know, this side of fetal alcohol mm, syndrome? Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, and she's carrying around her um, reusable coffee cup a lot. Very good for the environment. Very happy. Very good, but also it's not see-through. We don't know what's um, in there. Another way. relatability text moment with Ellie was when she wanted to text Chloe but kept putting it down and deleting it, except for the bit that she had her key her key touch sounds on. I thought it was no good. You turn those off. It's very irritating. My parents. She's like, no, I better not send it. How many times have we all typed it, deleted it, typed it, deleted it? Very, But usually it's when you're trying to pursue the person, not when it's... I also felt bad for Susan when Susan thought she was getting invited to the concert, but that was Ellie accidentally texting her instead of um, Chloe. And I was like, oh, just take Susan to the concert. She was excited. Ever since she wanted to bust out to the living end, she's been up for a dance and a good time. I support that. What about, though, it culminates in this moment where, um, so Pierce is trying to pick up the pieces and help Chloe through it as a friend, whatever, pull the other one, Bachelor Tim, and he invites Chloe to a premiere. Oh, oh my God. This was saddest bitch territory. And she interprets that as a movie premiere, but she doesn't need any details, nothing. She doesn't need to know who's in it, what's the name of the movie, because someone asks, oh, who's going to be there? She gets like, you know, the actors, the director. You know... If it was me, I would have been Googling said event. Because we don't in Melbourne we don't have that many big world premieres. We no. have local premieres where, you know, the cast of neighbours go and that's as famous as it gets. Or like some sort of indie movie one. Yeah, with like um Alex Dimitriades. Or Joel Edgerton and his brother or something. But if a big movie premieres here, you'd know about it. Like if Meryl Streep's here for Mamma Mia, we'd know about it. Actually, remember when Spice World the movie opened? Do you remember where that was? No. That was at High Point. And for years afterwards, the movies at High Point had a giant platform heel that the Spice Girls had posed with there. Brilliant. The actual Spice Girls came. It was in the late 90s because it was when Jeff Kennett was still Premier Mm. and he awkwardly pinned a Victorian-shaped badge onto Victoria's chest and you can just see this. There was a photo of him where she's looking outraged and horrified that he's got his hands anywhere near her chest. I feel very uncomfortable about this story. (laughs) She was was violated. So they get to this movie and if if a billionaire invites you to a premiere, good assumption, but what he'd invited her to was, no, it's premiere seating, which is like the Hoyts movie chain here has La Premiere, which is like gold class where you have – which is cushy seats and people bring you drinks and food. And it's indoors and it's heated it, during winter. It's very pleasant. What was this, Kate? This was some very um, uncomfortable looking moulded plastic outdoor chairs. Bucket chairs. Wasn't yeah. it at that place where – who went on the double date to play bocce? Ellie and Mark and Ned and someone, I think, went on a double date to play bocce and I think they'd set up the cinema on top of that bocce field. <laughs> it was in winter – Indie film outside, and Carl and Toadie were there. I loved that. They were adorable. So much. My partner walked past as it was on, and he's like, "Toadie's back! Toadie's back!" <gasps> They're on a mandate, like like Phil and KB. <laughs> like, yeah, our partners went to see one of the superhero movies together. I really enjoyed Toadie and Carl on a date. That actually distracted me from the whole Chloe and Pierce thing because I, I just thought that I, was beautiful. I couldn't get past Pierce throwing his hands out towards the chairs, saying, "We've got the comfy seats," and I thought. 
they're not the comfy seats in any which way or form. Yeah. Kidney jabbers. And Chloe's got to be careful of her health and she's going to catch her death out in the middle of mm. winter. Speaking of her health, I reckon Huntington's is coming back because I forgot she had it because no one talked about it. And then I reckon in the last two weeks, someone says Huntington's about every 14 seconds. Well, because the whole thing with it is it's it's going to be dormant for the next decade or so. I'm very nervous about what's It's going to be heinous when it hits. I mean, it's like I went to the bathroom for this whole thing. <laughs> Did like, you not see the cinema? CJ was like Carl and just had a kip in the middle of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he woke up at the end and then didn't even finish his popcorn, which I thought was unlike Carl. And also unlike anyone. Yeah. You just yeah. take it home, eat it in the car. Yeah. Find it in your bra later. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. At the end of all of this, the cliffhanger to ne- into next week, Pierce sees Ellie and has a go at her for harassing Chloe so much when she's trying to get over their breakup. And Ellie has a go at Pierce over his motives. And in the middle of this little scuffle, Ellie just takes a step and she's wearing the hugest high heels I've ever seen mm-hmm. on a pregnant woman. And over she goes, ass over tit. My ankles wept for her ankles because, yeah, basically all your ligaments loosen up when you're pregnant, like everywhere in your whole body. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, God. It would hurt to wear those shoes, let alone fall over in those shoes. She's definitely going to get preeclampsia. For someone who's supposed to be prioritising the baby, that's the whole headline of the week, she doesn't seem to be prioritising her own comfort. I also don't know how she fell over. She was just walking in a straight line. It's those one or two minimum glasses of wine that did it, I reckon. Mm. Can I say, I think I might be a Pierce apologist because I saw Bachelor Tim in the Virgin Lounge last week and now feel a very strong connection to him. The, the Virgin Lounge is in an airport oh, build, yeah. building. Again, I feel like I should explain that better, <laughs> not just where I spend my Saturday nights. Um, <laughs> but I feel like they're trying to make Pierce out to be a bit like controlling, a bit like trying to run Chloe's life. I just think he's a bit of a dork and he doesn't really know what he's doing. Am I missing something? Um, what I'm missing is that how he made his money because he doesn't appear to actually work. Yeah, that's the Paul oh, yeah. Robinson method of money making. Yeah, he read the four-hour work week and now he doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart. Yeah, I'm a bit of an apologist too, except for the whole fact that he was paying for Chloe. So their relationship oh, was yeah. – it transitioned from client to employer. That's okay, isn't but it? She put herself on the market. Mm. Yeah. He didn't push her into it, so no. I'm okay with that. And I did really love the fact that she confided in him over her hunt, about her Huntington's and he was really considerate of her in that time and no one else was. And I actually do think they have chemistry. Totally. Oh, yeah. Mm. Imagine if they get back together. Because remember his, his response to Huntington's because he was like apparently he never studied this in biology in year 11. He was like, that's fine. I've got money. I'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get rid of the Huntington's. We'll get into your genes. We'll get it out. Imagine if they get together and then they go on a crusade to try and fix Huntington's. That'd be a story I could get involved in. Yeah. That'd be quite the squad too. I mean, they're already curing MS. Mm. And Tarage's deadbeat brother was going to cure cancer. I mean, maybe we could get him out of hospital and he could start working on genetics instead of cancer. Because he seems quite competent. Maybe someone could actually do something useful at that hospital for once. Now, speaking of people who don't always do things very usefully, it's... It's Detective Mechanic's 36th birthday, guys. I'm so excited. And many more. I think he has had many more. They just haven't been on screen. I was surprised he was 36. Like, not in real life. In real life, I imagine he's, like, my age, 25. No, like, late 30s. But I thought on screen he was maybe younger. It's because he acts like a grandpa most of the time. I thought on screen he was older. I was. Oh. I thought he'd be turning 38 or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. 
why I thought, I don't know what I thought. I thought too much about it, to be honest. He's, he's a very settled homeowner who True. loves his Doctor Who. So he's, he's got the old nerd quotient guy. And he wanted to spend his birthday watching an episode called Kablam of Doctor Who. And behind the curtain, it was written by Pete McTighe, that episode, who has written for Neighbours. Oh. Also, a friend of the show, Adam Richard, is a Whovian and he is a co-host of a show about Doctor Who called Whovians. And he told me that that episode was essentially set in a universe where there's like an Amazon-style organisation that delivers packages, but all of the packages are coated in exploding bubble wrap. Brilliant. <laughs> and that's how they, they're like trying to kill a whole bunch of people with the exploding bubble wrap, which is why Mark said, this will get me over my bubble wrap phobia. Oh, wow. They've really committed to that, the writers. I support that. Well done, neighbours. Well done. They're like, oh, how, how can we give him some personality? All right, yeah, dig back into Doctor Who again. Yeah, just take another TV show's personality and transplant it. He, the first part of his birthday was spent trying to find Sheila in the bush, which Amy and Coyle eventually unearthed her. I'm so glad some people were looking for her because the rest of them were just hanging out at the pub. Just, you know, cheap pub lunch. Why not? I was pretty pissed off about that. It was like a social event, wasn't it? Like, let's all just hang out. They were all very worried about her, oh, but just no one was looking. Let's hang out at the pub or we'll just hang out at her house rather than go and search. We'll leave this up to the SES and what do we call them? Kami? Yeah, Koimi. 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 And Koimi spent all of their time just having a deep and meaningfuls with each other rather than conducting an actual line search. And every now and then we're like, Sheila, Gran. It's like less chit-chat, more poking around in the shrub, please. Sheila, scrub. Ne- Sheila needs better people around her. And Gary didn't need seven people looking in on him. No. <laughs> oh, no. Doesn't she have some sort of device they could track? She's not that... Oh, you mean okay. like find my phone or something? Yeah. yeah true. I mean, my oh, friend was just in Europe and I went the whole journey with her with my mum. <laughs> Every now and then I'd log in and be like, okay, well, she's in Croatia. <laughs> no, no, what happened is her battery had run out, but they were able to find her last location, I think, oh, okay, which was right. somewhere in Gippsland. I mean, it was very annoying. I'm glad they found her, but as you said, nobody seemed to care. Mm. And her mental health journey was shorter than Chloe and Ellie's whole relationship, which I'm envious of. Because, you know, I'm in a downward spiral at the minute. I'm getting out of it. It's going to be an upward turn. But I was, like, jostled out of it this week. I'm like, oh, shit, Sheila's got her act together in two days. She's back at the pub. She doesn't even need to see a psych or anything. She's, like, nearly tried to top herself in the wilderness. And she's back into it the next day. I really liked the seriousness of it, though, that they kind of took that storyline serious. I mean, some parts of it they did not take that seriously but her mental health I thought was very well managed and Colette's choice to go makeupless in the hospital yes. room was beautiful also my prediction that um ex-boyfriend would come back Clive yeah he he just didn't seem to really care. I, well I think it's it's good that he didn't turn up because he's not the knight in shining armor for her you know she can get herself back together, and then when she's in a better place, they can get back together. I'm going to assume he sent a concerned text and, like, checked in when they found her and then said, you know, let me know if you need me. Even better, he sent her a good doctor. Yes. Not one of those crap tanakas or something. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Carl was nowhere near the place, so that was probably Clive's doing. Probably for the best. So he's put in a full shift at work, our debt mech. Now he just wants to put his feet up put his trackies on and watch his Doctor Who. And I've got to say, it's recent Doctor Who. It's Jodie Whittaker. So Det Mech doesn't care that there's a woman Doctor Who. He's on board, 100%, which tick in the box. Well done, Det Not Mech. what I expected of him, to be quite honest. <laughs> I thought he would have been one of those 
oh, he's not my Doctor Who, my childhood. I'm not going to reach it. Yeah. But no, he's on board. Jodie Whittaker. He's happy. Happy as Larry. He's going to spend his birthday with her. I've got to say, I the, my two fa- most favourite marks are drunk Mark yeah. and cleaning Mark. Yep. As we told him. Yeah. And, and, and we're getting a lot of it. We're getting a lot yeah. of those things. And I've got to say, because when we met young Scott McGregor on the red carpet at the Logies, he planted the seed that there was a love interest on the way. So I think they were filming all these scenes at the time. Mm. So this is the beginning of the new love interest landing on the scene. Darren, David and Aaron, what are their plans for their brother, brother-in-law's birthday? Well, Aaron's going to be his wingman. And take him out on the town and I think get some alcohol into him and find him a, you know, a partner for the evening at least. He he wants him to pick up, which is, imagine being in a body like Mark's where you could go, I'm going to pick up tonight and that's a fact, not I would like to pick up tonight. Yeah. (laughs) I love um, David Tanaka, but I reckon he's become a bit of, you know, those girls in high school that have a boyfriend for a one week and then they go to you, oh, you'll find someone. (laughs) I'm like, mate, like a year ago, you didn't know who you were, where you were, what a boy was. Now you're married and you're telling other people how to live their lives. 100% Ali's also like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she's really been taken back by the annulment, I think, because she would have, oh gosh, she would have ridden that marriage. <laughs> oh. Now Ali's telling people how to live their life just because she's pregnant. Yeah. Like yeah. just because she's fulfilled that biological tick. Like she's so ready to use the phrase as a mother <sighs> and then ramp it up to as a busy mother. <laughs> No, no. As a working mother. As a mm, working, I don't know. Um, as a busy single mum. Yeah. Yeah. She can't wait. So they head on down to their brother's failing business, the Back Lane Bar. Back Lane Bar, all right. Must say, for a failing business, and Kate and I really ramped into poor old Leo last week, but um, as a failing business, there's a lot of people there. They're not only failing financially, but Leo can only muster up two hip hip hoorays. Traditionally, you do three of those, but at Back Lane Bar, you just get two. No, budget cuts. <laughs> Come on, it's your party. It's far full of strangers. Oh, I can fix that. All right, everyone, this is Mark, and today is his birthday. <laughs> and he's not really feeling it right now, so let's help him get into the swing of things with a hip hip. Hooray! Hip hip. Hooray! I hope Leo doesn't go to the MCG for cricket. He'll be really confused by the Mexican <laughs> way. And what about if they start doing Aussie, Aussie, Aussie? He'd be like, Aussie, 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 oi, oi. <laughs> and then just stop. And it'll be uncomfortable for everyone. I loved Leo and David in this moment. Leo was like, free drinks for the night. And David was like, no, you've got no money. We'll pay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, both those things are kind of adorable. Yeah, yeah Leo's not thinking things through at the moment, is he? No, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But he's beautiful. Look at his dimples. Leo also does a bit of wingman action at the bar and announces to all the ladies in the venue that it's Detective Mechanic's birthday and that he's a cop. I think he, he drops that in. Yeah, that's also a warning, I think. <laughs> yeah. No illegal substances. Now, someone who should be looking after the business but instead is behind the bar drinking the profits is Roxy Willis. She has gets stuck into the old debt mech, which, Kate, was, I think, a bit of a highlight of yours. Yeah. Maybe we might get our money back by now if the cops weren't so hopeless. The cops are doing their job, Rox. Looks like Bore and Order over there is too busy guzzling grog. So imaginative. It's like she's been tweeting neighbours herself. So we've got Bore and Order. <laughs> That's the best one. Mall Cop. Yeah. Inspector, haven't got a clue, so. 
I actually feel that one's a bit implausible. It's a little highbrow for her, I thought. And also my favourite, a little bit basic, Lazy Pig. <laughs> yeah, that's from the she territory. She that, didn't get any donut ones in. Well, later on she calls him Constable Clueless as well. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I go for, and I imagine she would have gone for more pronunciation with Constable Clueless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I would do. You can't say that on Neighbours. No, but you could say Constable a yeah. few times. Yeah, that's a appropriate word. Mm. You know, they end up back home, back to Ramsey Street for a dip in the Branaka pool, except Mark's gone home. We cut to the scene. We miss all the bits in between, but Aaron comes around to give him a birthday hug and Mark says, thanks, he's in his jocks. He's like, thanks, bro. Get out. See you later. Pan out to reveal Roxy on the couch and they're in the middle of hooking up. We f- it's filled in through flashback, with I thought, which I thought was a nice touch. It's a different way of showing us that they had a big fight. It was a classic trope of the... I think it's Slap Slap Kiss, if you're going to look it up on TV Troops, where they have a fight, they have a big fight, then they have a DM, and then they make out. So it it's, it's, like, it's like Paula Abdul's We Come Together Because Opposites Attract. There was a nice moment where they connected over why they were both feeling so down. And now I'm no longer married. It's like the whole thing with Ellie never happened. Wow, that tops me. It's not a competition. We both fell for the wrong people. And then they were like, well, it's time to have some fun. And away they go. Now, how are we feeling about this pairing? Obviously, Roxy's 20, Mark's... The big old 3-6. I could not be more excited for anything <laughs> in my life. So I missed the episode live and so I'd seen pictures on the interweb of this of Mark and Roxy and I was like, oh, this is going to drive me insane. Anyway, when I saw it happen, I literally squealed with delight because the chemistry that they had was beautiful and in that moment everything I don't like about Roxy and the no things I don't like about Mark (laughs) slipped away and I thought you two are the best coupling I have seen in a good many years I could not be more thrilled I I thought there was chemistry but I just thought it was really one-sided I thought Roxy was bringing her a game and Mark was just his normal inspector haven't got a clue so (laughs) I'm with Beck not only did I love the chemistry between them but I, it made me feel very attracted to Mark. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's my usual state. Yep. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, but it made the night warm. Um, and the other thing is, is that I really enjoyed the reversal of the gaze. Mark's in his underpants all the time. Suddenly, Roxy's wearing more clothes than she's ever worn. Oh, great, yes. CJ. I really appreciate that analysis. Thanks. Yes. Um, I, I mentioned earlier on in our Facebook chat that I read some feminist film theory this week really bleeding through yep so but mark because she goes over to that apartment if you know what i mean mm-hmm. more than once that week i'm not at a house it was like three times in a day at one point yeah which no. i was all there for no but I, I was thinking hang on he's 36 mate you, you're probably stretching the boundaries yeah. of credibility but he's he's a he's a strapping man he, he's virile I okay. all right just i'm gonna get the hose <laughs> Sheila's coming in with the hose. Hang on. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, the chemistry? Okay. I thought they had a nice dynamic, but it's a little bit expected from Mark. I'm just kind of ready for him to find a nice nerd burger girl. Like, yeah, you really wanted that, didn't you? Yeah. And I just, I'm like, oh, this is just a little basic. Really? Are you at your midlife crisis at this point, mate? But he's 20? Like, he's like Leo DiCaprio. Um, Doesn't take women over 25. Have you seen the graph of the age of, of his uh, girlfriend? Get oh, fucked. Get out. I don't, get I don't mean fucked. to be a Mark Brennan apologist, but I will. I actually liked that he wasn't trying to marry and impregnate her yeah. in one day. That he was happy to be a bit fast and loose with her. I actually really liked that. 
Yeah, because he's had some drinks. <laughs> yeah. And he was almost going to deviate into cleaning Mark when he asked her not to leave her clothes on the floor. Oh, my God. I, there were two things that just filled me with joy. One was that whole conversation about putting his name in her phone as Doctor Who. And she's like, is he a boob doctor? Who's this doctor? And his face just went blank. I just loved her. Who? Oh, doctor? Look, it's, it's plausible because if you've seen My 600 Pound Life, the guy is called Doctor Now <laughs> on it. Yeah. Other favourite thing has got to be the text message. Yes. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Don't you forget our almost neighbours shout out where she's like, what should I put you in my phone as? You know, we should give each other nicknames. What do you want yours to be? Hot cop? No, that's too obvious. Everyone will know it's me. <laughs> You no, know, lady, we've been through a number of nicknames since that time. <laughs> that Actually, was, yeah, she's a bit behind. Maybe she's catching up yeah. on episodes. Then I did that a while ago. It was quite good. Next next week he'll be dull cop. So the text message. Yes. Peach emoji, which means bum. Yep. If anyone's interested. Eggplant, which means PP. Yep. <laughs> what was the last bit? Because I got lost in those two. It was two. a cake yeah, I'll because take he'd made her a cake. I'll, oh, I'd like to do a sidebar on the cake. Cake, he made... She comes over the next day. He goes, do you want a, you know, a cup of tea? I've made, do you want some cake? I've made some cake. He's made, carrot cake. He's made a loaf of carrot cake and iced it. Mm. Philadelphia cream, I cream guess. Cream cheese icing, yeah. Didn't appear to have any orange hands either. This was my highlight of the entire week because he's just had this booty call <laughs> and now he wants to talk about his feelings with her and I thought that was really emotionally mature of him to go, hey, you've been going through some stuff, I've gone through some stuff. What do we need from this right now? Let's talk about it. Why don't you sit down? I just made a cake. You what? I made a cake. It's carrot. Do you like carrot cake? <laughs> Wait, are you talking in code? No. I'll put some coffee on and we can talk about it. I want to just go back to the emojis because I assumed Peach was a bum too. And I was like, you know what? Do it however you like. Yep. Whatever. But then I, I thought... Like, yeah, he's up for anal. That's maybe it. they thought that Peach... I mean, I mean, I would have thought he would have wanted to do it the baby-making way. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the other Brennan way. Yeah. To be fair, I thought he would know there was another way besides the baby-making way. But then I thought maybe he thought it was a vagina. I thought it was just some 10 peach product placement. <laughs> Everything's yeah. looking peach He's like, now. let's come over and watch Seinfeld repeats. I, I kind of wish they'd done the, the okay hand with the pointy finger. Yes. Or the, um, the droplets of water. I love the carrot cake because Mark is such a – relationship guy that he was like so the girl's come over she's had sex and now she's come over and she's got some feelings oh we're in a relationship mm. now like that was what he went to and she was like no no because take he, your clothes off to me he just made it it was his day off and he was oh, yeah. doing a spot of baking well he's got so, that clean oven he's like from last nobody week. made me a birthday cake i'm gonna make myself one you know what other i mean i loved literally every bloody second of this i watched the episode twice i loved it that much but when um they went around to see leo and i love conversations <laughs> where two people know what they're talking about and one doesn't and leo was saying to roxy did you apologize to mark and she was like yeah mark i uh, apologized to you a few times didn't i, and I was with, like, with my mouth i love it i love it i love when she said when roxy walks in and leo said did you have to do it you had to go straight for his crotch yes <laughs> referring to the drink she spilled on him <laughs> but roxy's like she is stopped in her track. She does not know how Leo knows about whatever she did to Mark's crotch. But do you know who's spotted all of this? Miss Harple. She is yeah. across it. So Roxy's in that new relationship energy vibe where everything's roses. Every time her phone pings, she gets giddy, which was, again, the other relatability phone mm. 
portrayal this week, I thought. So she's sending texts. They're pinging a few metres away to Mark and Harlow joins the dots and suddenly has some uh, leverage over Roxy. Oh, there was another classic Roxy insult, calling her Borlo, which I love. Mm. But I would have thought from the Vea Pashos playgroup, she would have just read that text message as, oh, fruit, eggplant, cake. <laughs> Shopping list. Yeah. <laughs> He's was picking up some of the Harold specials. Yeah. But no, she was like, oh, peach, eggplant, pea, pea, cake. Okay, mm. I get it. I just say, though, Harlow went down in my estimations twice. One was when she read Roxy's phone because I'm a big – you do not read other people's phones no. without their consent. I thought that was really poor form. Also, and, there's a lot of germs on people's phones. Like, yeah. You know. hmm. And then secondly, when she did the whole, oh, I'm going to tell Miss Conway that you slept with her ex-husband. And I was like, why the do hell? Do pretend like that is not – chill like that is not girl code and i'm not here for it so harlow needs to do some work to get back in my good books but why would roxy give a shit if ellie knows yeah also good point why why would roxy be at all blackmailable about this yeah the only reason is because mark doesn't want it getting out which fair call because he's a bit of ashamed because because he's gross he's robbed the cradle here's the thing i again everyone's above board i mean on paper yashvi and ned I shouldn't have problems with, but it's an interesting power dynamic with when you're in a school dress and you, your grown-up boyfriend comes over to pick you up for play lunch. But I feel like it's one time out of ten that it happens the reverse way on Neighbours, that the older woman has the – and I'm not talking about Tarage and Leo. I'm talking about a 19-year-old boy and a 35-year-old no, woman. It's when they explore the old molesting teacher trope. Exactly. It's mm. never played for this sexual way. The only th- recent thing I can think of is when it played out with Naomi Canning and Josh Willis, which was gross, but it, I can understand objectively it was sexual. Like it was it was a hot storyline. I just wasn't into it. But that's the only time I can remember that it was played in that way, in reverse. This might be because I'm flustered by all the steam and hotness of it all, but... I actually don't look at Mark and Roxy and think there's a massive age difference between you two. I don't know. I just think – I didn't even twig that – I think maybe someone must have said it on the show or maybe on the internet, but I didn't even twig that there was a massive age difference. I think it's top of mind because they have mentioned each of their ages. They don't normally mention people's ages this much but Mm. because Tori just like, you're 20, Roxy, grow up. And obviously Mark just had his birthday in overt numbers. But she's lived some life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, we know she likes older men. And she's she's had her sexual awakening, whereas Yashvi hadn't. Yes. And and she'd gone into it a bit naively when Ned clearly was hung up on his ex, mm. V, and was using um, V as a uh, rebound. I thought you said me when you said Ned's ex. I was <laughs> like, oh, V has just yep. inserted herself into the story. <laughs> she's part of his Very journey. Very casually. I'd like to be included in now, this narrative. Now she's calling herself V. Yeah, it was B, then <laughs> Me, then V. Me, then V. Um, also, I did also appreciate that they recognised that this was about impulse control and it was like, yeah, sometimes two hot people just need to get it on and that's okay and it doesn't have to be overanalyzed. Correct. And and Roxy told us last week that she likes to do things like this because her life's shit. Mm. And I imagine sleeping with Mark relieves that for and a bit. would cheer you up a bit. Yeah. I would have thought. And obviously this is going to crash and burn. This is a good time, not a long time, and that's okay. There was a mention. Very dare you, Vaya. There you're going to no, fall in love look, and get married. I reckon as a lover, he would be, um, particularly with a 20-year-old young lady like Roxy, he'd be like, don't, don't put that drink down without a coaster. Don't you think? I think he would be a shit lover, particularly with her. I think he would be an amazing lover. No, yeah, I think 
Roxy mm. has would have had better. This is just scratching <gasps> this particular itch. I don't think she had better with Vance. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't know. Would Vance Vance must have been her awakening, and she must have had some maybe boys from her high school up north. I don't mean to the odd BNS, surely. The moral of the story is a lot of people get awakened in the back of a U. <laughs> like um, Dippy said she did. Yes. And that's essentially the week. We have Moxie now hooking up. Love it. Now, ladies, we need to discuss Lynn Scully. <sighs> Linny. Um, another yeah. week, another ex-Mrs. Robinson. This was kind of like background. This was like a fly buzzing in the background of this week. That's exactly what she She's a March fly. <laughs> Abby on Twitter this week asked if we could delve into how the hell Lynn wound up married to Paul, which is a very good question. And I was like, I have no idea. So we hopped onto our old friends perfectblend.net and had a good read through their archives. And Lynn had a hell of a lot of storylines over her tenure here. But it basically started off when Lynn became Paul's PA. Lynn was stunned when Paul presented her with an engagement ring and asked her to become his wife. She accepted, though decided to keep the news low-key, worried about how some of her friends and neighbours would react, which is always a good start to a marriage. (laughs) And Lynn was even more touched when Paul announced that he couldn't wait long to marry her and wanted to bring the wedding forward to just before Christmas, unaware he was hurrying things along in order to ignore his growing feelings for Rosetta Caminetti, Carmela's sister, a young trainee lawyer who had just moved into Ramsey Street. Which, by the way, sounds like a great match, Rosie and Paul. Great Further complicating matters, Lynn then offered Rosie a business traineeship with Lasseter's, unwittingly bringing her love rifle closer to Paul. Only days before the wedding, as Paul showed Rosie around the complex, which sounds like a euphemism, um, (laughs) the pair got trapped in the wine cellar where they shared a kiss. As the day of the wedding dawned, Lynn happily prepared for her big day, unaware that Paul and Rosie were both being plagued by thoughts of their kiss. At the church, Lynn was alarmed when a distracted Paul paused before saying, I do, but everyone breathed a sigh of relief when the pair were finally pronounced husband and wife. You know, if you have a wedding and people are just relieved that the wedding actually concluded, that's also not a good sign. At the reception, he went on to make a touching speech about finding love and holding on to it before the pair headed off to spend the night in a hotel suite. But once there, Paul realised he couldn't continue the charade any longer and told Lynn that they couldn't stay together as he was bound to break her heart before explaining he'd kissed Rosie and would do it again. Oh, well, at least he's he's not going to... Didn't this end in annulment? Oh, yeah. As she regained her composure, Lynn realised that annulling the marriage was the best solution before announcing that she'd be leaving to go on the honeymoon to the Maldives and taking Oscar with her and would stop off on the way back to visit Flick and Michelle in New York. I'm not going to bore the audience again with why you can't get an annulment. Thanks, bore an order. <laughs> Very good. But I would like to bore the writers of Neighbours with it and explain to them that it is not an option if you just decide you don't want to be married anymore. Couldn't you, like the night of the wedding, though, just not no. put the paperwork in? Oh, yeah, you could just not put the paperwork yeah, in. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. That yeah. seems like a much better idea. Yeah, like with a birth certificate for a baby, you have to mail it in. Yeah. So, like... Obviously, with a baby, you can't really change your yeah, it's mind. It's better as easily, if you do it with a baby. Yeah. yeah, but with a marriage, just not post it. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah. no, no. I read a bold and the beautiful plot where the marriage was deemed invalid because one of the characters was watching The Price is Right at the time, got distracted, and instead of the couple's social security numbers, she wrote down the contestant's prize bid. $25,000. Brilliant. <laughs> so then it was declared invalid because the paperwork was wrong. Right. Which is like, take a leaf out of your sister soap there, neighbours. 
a couple of things there. Also, Lynn came back when he was going to marry Rebecca to try and put a stop to that wedding, yes. which is what's happening now. The, the troops are rallying. The and ex- that was that great moment where she and Rebecca had a cat fight on Ramsey Street. Great. And Rebecca's due to come back. I think mm-hmm. it's happening next week. Paul's getting spooked everywhere he turns. His exes are turning up. He's having these visions, like of Tarage leaving him, and she's packed her bags, but really she's just bought him new suitcases, which is cute. Oh, it was adorable, wasn't it? <laughs> I wish they were Louis Vuitton, though, like with the um, you know monogram on them. A couple of little tiny details I've noticed with Lynn's return. Steph has a new relationship, a lady in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Still didn't explain why she didn't come down for Sonia's memorial, but whatever. Yeah. New love. What a bee. I mean, in my head canon, she was in Fiji visiting Charlie. That's why she oh, wasn't here. No, she was just in a new relationship, completely enveloped yeah. by it. New relationship energy, just getting excited every time my phone pings. What if she's back with that red-headed nurse? She would have said, I reckon Lynn would have said Belle Bell's back on the scene. Also, I noticed she dropped Oscar Scully's name, her mm. fifth child, who is now in his mechanics apprenticeship, Chekhov's mechanic. Mm. We know there's a new character coming to the show because April's Instagram put a picture of a guy with his face obscured and said yes. we get to announce him soon. And my bet is it might be Oscar because, oh. you know, B's never at that garage. Someone's got to run it. I have to say, we talked about awakenings before. I had my own awakening this week. And CJ, you'll appreciate this. It was a Paul Robinson awakening. Yay! I got really into Paul this week. Mm. There was two moments that really tipped me into his camp. The first one is was when he said to Lynn, Lynn, why are you so obsessed with me? Why are you still so obsessed with me, Lynn? <laughs> you hardly enter my thoughts these days. Really? Warning off my fiancé would probably suggest otherwise. (laughs) Which I thought was amazing. And the second one was when he was giving shit to Gary about going on his date with Gail. When he was like, oh, who's that? What are you wearing? Where are you going? And pretended he didn't know Gail. And I was like, I am here for Paul Robinson. Gaz is like, she's great, Paul, and you're not going to ruin it. (laughs) I just, I am so here for this Paul. And and also when he said to Gail, oh, he's a bit young for you, isn't he? Which I didn't think he is. I can't tell. Gary, Gary's ageless. I can't pin it. Yeah. No. I think, is Gary meant to be late 40s? And I don't know. What's Gail? Late 50s? I don't well, know. How, how old's Gail? She's, she's slumming it with Gary well, anyway. This week on Art of Neighbours, people were trying to crunch some numbers because of the whole Roxy thing. And it turns out Kyle's age, Coyle's age has been a bit fudged because he was in the same year level as Kate Ramsey at school. Yep. And she was like 18 when she first got together with Mark, mm. who was like 26, Tyler Brennan style, mm-hmm. and was engaged to him before she was 21. And, and then she died on her Spent all of like birthday. two minutes at university. No, to get her degree. So Was she doing teaching? I yeah, remember, she yeah. did it in like six oh, months. Oh, that's right. So Coyle is, I think, meant to be mid-20s, but I think they've aged, bumped up his age a bit to match up to Amy. Mm. And also I guess they've bumped Gary's age down a bit to match up to Amy. We, we did the maths and it was possible for Sheila to be Coyle's um, grandma. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it all works out. They just all have had to have been quite young. It's just fluid. I reckon they want Gary to be in his early 40s, mm. but he doesn't look in his yeah. early 40s. He's, he's led a hard life. If yeah, he has. <laughs> so Lynn's here to put a spanner in the works and finally at the which is great. It's always fun to see Paul rattled. Like he's ringing Steph. It's like, what are you, what's your mum doing here? What's going on? <laughs> Towards the end of the week, we meet our newest character who we're going to talk more about next week because she was only in the show for like 10 minutes. This is Mackenzie, who is played by trans rights activist Georgie Stone. So excited. Who IRL is the daughter of Sonia's uncle dad, Walter. Yes, mm. Greg Stone. And so acting family 
And well, actually, I don't know if Georgie's got an acting background or if this is her first foray. I think foray. this is her first attempt. And I think she, I might not be 100% on this, but I think she asked the neighbours writers to write a transgender character into the show, which I love that they've done it. I have to say, snaps to the neighbours writers. Like they're really not afraid of diversity, which they shouldn't be, but no. some other shows really are. It's it's fantastic to see. And they're saying yes and no to the right things. They're right to say no to Vaya Pashas, who wanted to be written in as Tarage's assistant. Mm-hmm. And again, as Tarage's long lost Greek cousin, Say no to those things. Say yes to trans rights activists wanting to write a trans character played by a trans performer on the screen. Tick. Very well right. done. And we had a voice memo this week from listener of the show, Remy, who is really excited about the arrival of Mackenzie as a trans advocate themselves and had this to say and really happy for all feedback. So drop us a line anytime, neighbourspod at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Remy. As a trans non-binary person, I'm incredibly pleased they're adding some trans representation to the show. Georgie is a wonderful advocate for trans people, and with her being so heavily involved with Mackenzie's storyline, I'm hopeful it will be helpful for people to better understand trans people's experiences. I think having this trans rep on Neighbours is especially important because I feel like it's giving trans people a voice to an audience who may not otherwise have much knowledge about trans people's experiences. When Morvani Hazel, in interviews, came out as demisexual, it helped many Neighbours fans realise they too were demisexual, and this could easily happen for George's character. I've watched Neighbours since I was a kid, and the storyline would have likely really helped me back then, and I'm sure it'll help folks now. I'm really looking forward to Mackenzie's storyline, and I'm thankful that Neighbours gave her a platform. Thanks, Remy. There was one point that raised some concerns with me. Mackenzie has to catch the bus from a couple of suburbs over. Two buses. Two buses. They're like, why are you coming to this school? And she's like, oh, because my auntie Trish said it's got a good reputation. Mm. Auntie Trish has not done any research. No. Even one Google search would show all the calamities that have occurred there in recent years. It burnt down not two years ago and it chemically attacked Last year. It's had multiple scandals with it that has been Ellie Conway at the root of. <laughs> they need to change the name of that school. They do, yeah. definitely. Oh, we should think of – let's – on Neighbours Council or on Twitter. Neighbours Car- Well, maybe when Susan eventually succumbs to MS, they could call it like the Susan Kennedy Memorial the High School. Ke- Kennedy College. Yes. yes, Kennedy College. Oh, Kennedy oh, College. That yeah. Spell college with a K, please. <laughs> oh. Perfect. In the meantime, let's brainstorm some other names before she but leaves this She could this just earth. retire, retiring. Yeah. They could still call without the memorial because yeah, that would be weird. I'm, I'm trying to prompt some social engagement here, CJ. Like people should suggest their, oh, <laughs> their, sorry, their yes. own ideas. Who, who has been their most outstanding graduate? Oh, bloody Zancan lately. And the girl that went to space camp? But yeah. Delta go she there? No, she didn't finish school. She just went straight to yeah. space camp. She's, she's in space. She's, <laughs> yeah. on the, she's on the ISS right now. Erinsborough <laughs> yeah. would have known about Nina, Nina Tucker, Tucker, Bollywood star. Oh, Ringo, Ringo Memorial College. Yes. What about Paul? He played for the Adelaide Crows. Donna. Oh, Donna. She made a oh, show. I, mean, I know that she wasn't nominated for an Oscar. But we we <laughs> may actually be ruining other people's guesses at this yeah, stage. Yeah. If, if, if Shrugalero Academy was one of your guesses, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. By the way, I just want to say something. I went through our um, web stats before coming here and somebody found our website. So one person, one person found our website by Googling Stragorello. Are you actually yeah. serious? Yeah. So good. I'm so glad I put that in as a keyword yeah. tag. Well done. Oh. <laughs> Paid for itself, that keyword mention. <laughs> so 
Mackenzie's here as a student. Susan's asked Yashvi to keep an extra eye out on Mackenzie because she might need a bit of a hand. Yashvi's like, no problem. Seems like a sweet girl. Um, but obviously there's going to be more to come next week. We're going to find out what she's come from, why she is taking a bus, why she's living with her auntie Trish, what's going on there. And next week on the pod, we're going to have a guest who is non-binary, who's going to shed some more light on um, the issues that come along with that. So I'm very keen for that episode. But what we need to do now is Citizen of the Week or Citizen of the Week, gals. Can I do a jewel? Yes, CJ. Moxie. (laughs) Sexitinson of the Week. (laughs) Um, So I guess that makes it a citizen. Yeah, I'll have to find a new sound effect for Sexiton of the Week. (laughs) Baum, chicka, wow, wow. There we go. Mm. Yep, I'm going to go with Roxy. The declothing detective mechanic. I mean, doing what we all want to do. Yep. Hang on, when did Sheila reappear? Monday. All right, so my citizen of the week is Gary Francis Xavier Canning. Ah, yes. For just not doing anything except feel sorry for himself when his mother was missing in the bush. And deigning to forgive her. Ugh. Ugh. But ladies, wash your dirty jocks. For nigh on her whole life. She had a few years break when he was in the clink. <laughs> that's true. Someone else was still washing them then. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. part of the punishment. <laughs> Rebecca Dahl. I like this formal approach to my name today. Um, I'm going to give Citizen of the Week to Paul Robinson for just Ooh. giving me the lols. Like, I just, I just think saying, Lynn, why are you so obsessed with me was... I mean, obviously, Mark and Roxy doing it, doing it, doing it was my highlight, but that was my second highlight of the week. Yeah, he's on song lately, Stefan. I'm going to give Citizen of the Week to Detective Mechanic Mark Brennan for baking a cake (laughs) off his own bat just to pass away the day. In in a bit of post-coital bliss. And to really take some time to navel gaze and, like, don't just take a gal to bed with no other worries, you can talk about your feelings and what this means. Some introspection. That's very mature. Well done, Mark. And um, we need to discuss the saddest bitch stakes as well. Um, Obviously, Leo's copped a shlacking this week with his bar going under. Yeah, he fully shut it this week. Roxy wasn't looking good for her as well with losing the business. Um, Gazcan is just an all-round sad sack. Ellie was pretty spectacular. That absolute barrage of texts during the film i think that's yeah i mean but, you know relatable who hasn't tried yeah, to check someone that. 12 times while a movie's on and you don't know where they are i would like to raise my hand <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't well, know the three little dots are there does anyone write back what's going on <laughs> i think it probably is ellie because that is pretty bloody sad doing that it's like you yeah, know like have some self-respect ellie you're doing well if you win out of the rest of them though aren't you like that's and, not an achievement and she wasn't fully into this Chloe relationship anyway. So why has mm. she been such a sad sack about it? Well, I think probably it's the first time she's ever been dumped. I No, she got dumped by Mark. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's true. This, this is like, there was no other way around yeah, that. She was, she was just trying to grasp onto the last person who had any attri- attraction to her. That's true. And Millsy can shut up. Stop telling her to text things to Sean. Oh, you're going to tell all the stuff you bought at the shops. You're going to tell Sean? No, mate. He's not my boyfriend. He was a casual route. Yeah, he'll he'll know when there's any medical issues with the child. And other than that, you can fuck off. Also, if he wants to send money, she can send back photos of the things that she buys with it exactly. as a cute thing. Fantastic. Like, I got this 
um, bassinet because I couldn't borrow my ex-husband's bassinet like everyone else. And P.S. Their mother is loaded. Yeah. Send the Stokey stuff down. Exactly. So shut up, Millsy. Um, i got a shout out. So this is a long story. Sorry, everyone. A few years ago, my husband ran into somebody that I went to school with and it was a person that you would like them to know of all of your successes. And he went, oh, yeah, Catherine's good. That's what my husband said. I'm like, why would you not have told him every achievement I have made? Yeah. Um, and I, since then, um, someone came over to our house and I have laid the Logies media passes right <laughs> at the front door so that everyone can see that and it's a ter- talking point. Um, my mother ran into my grade six teacher this week who is a neighbour's watcher. <gasps> and so if you have made it, Mrs. Sarbach, to the end of this episode, thank you. But also, my mother, straight away, to show Mrs. Sarbach how I'm going, showed her the photo of Vaya, Kate and CJ at the Logies. You can always rely on your mother. To pump up your tyres. To pump up your tyres. Thank you very much. And make sure you always keep your swag from an event so that people know about it. What a good time. Fun week. Can't wait for Rebecca Jane Hall next week. That's going to sizzle. So exciting. Beck, tell us how we can listen to Chicks Talking Footy. Uh, Chicks Talking Footy, joy.org.au or your Apple podcast app or Spotify or the general internet. And that's where you can find Neighbours as well, which is what you've just done, or neighbourspod.com, CJ. Or Google Shrugalero and you'll end up there. <laughs> uh, CJ, the hot mess mum on the internet and on Instagram. Kate. I'm at Remude on Twitter. And I'm at Vaya Pashos. We are Neighbours Pod. Our inbox is always open, neighbourspod at gmail.com. Join the Neighbours Council on Facebook and we'll also see you, patron number 69, over at patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Can't wait to see your doodle. <laughs> Chat to you soon. Bye. Bye.